There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Megan Miller is an influencer marketer with big plans to help content creators land their dream collaborations. She worked as an influencer marketing manager for a multi-billion dollar brand that we'll talk about here, where she worked with celebrities, influencers, and major brands on influencer campaigns. We are so excited to welcome her to the podcast today. Welcome, Megan. So Megan, it is so cool to have you on the show today. I am just personally excited to get to know you a little more and learn about your, you know, journey in the influencer world and um all that that entails. Um but first and foremost, welcome to the show. How's your day going? Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about influencer marketing. Um, and yeah, my day is going good. It's very hot here in Florida. So just trying to stay a little bit cooler, but it's going great. I am going to be living vicariously through you. If you don't mind, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm a Floridian myself and I love meeting a fellow Floridian and, you know, look, the weather comparatively speaking from New York to Florida, um, (laughs) you won that you've officially won that if it was a competition. So, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to live vicariously through you. Hope you don't mind. (laughs) Don't mind at all. (laughs) Amazing. Um, so look, I think it's, it's, you know, I'd love for you to share a little bit just in your own words about your professional journey to like Ashley furniture to influencer marketing and, um, a little bit about your approach to, to the world that we all work in. Um, can you share a little bit about your journey with our, our listeners? Yeah, definitely. So I actually went to school, um, for Southern college in Lakeland, Um, and I went for advertising and public relations, which at the time was very marketing driven, um, social media driven. And when I graduated, I worked for smaller agencies. So I did social media marketing for female authors who wrote a couple of books and we were doing their promotion. And then I worked at an agency that only did, um, influencer marketing and social for restaurants. So we started doing all their social. And then I started working at Ashley and actually as a social media associate, um, just running their national Ashley home store channels. Um, And then I quickly moved into influencer marketing, I would say within 
the first couple of weeks of me being there, I started asking about influencer marketing. They didn't have a program at the time and we kind of kicked it off. And that's really where my career in influencer marketing started. We started it in 2017 and it's growing even more now. And we've worked with influencers all the way down to micro nano influencers for content and then all the way up to celebrity level mega influencer partnerships and everything in between really. So they have a very robust program and it was really cool to kind of kick that off from the beginning. And so talk to me about that. Cause I, I, I'm sure that a lot of people listening have had that experience or are currently navigating through that experience. <laughs> and of course that experience being like this company, maybe this giant company, like an Ashley furniture, who's been around for so long and have had, you know, has had tons of success in their own right, but hasn't done the influencer thing. And so I can imagine that it's a lot of education. It's a lot of exploration. So like, Tell us about how that process was from, you know, starting an influencer division or, you know, a focus at that company. Yeah, it was really awesome. And luckily I had an amazing boss who allowed us to really test a lot of things and prove out the value of a lot of things, but, um, it's so important. And my best advice I could give on that matter is to stay up to date with the industry and everything that's going on. So like following podcasts for women in influencer marketing or any, any, um, books, social, anything that you can find staying relevant. So it was so important to me at that time to kind of figure out what is the overall industry doing? What are brands doing in influencer marketing? How do they run their programs and, you know, figuring out that journey from the beginning was very interesting, but something that I wouldn't have been able to do without following every part of what the industry was doing. And so P and so people ask us all the time, you know, they're like, Oh, do you like, I was just talking to somebody on a zoom call the other day. And they're like, I want to learn more about like the industry. I, I didn't have a formal education in it. You know, how do I learn? Where do I go? And so, yeah, there are definitely some resources that I could share, but I'd love for you to share some that you found it through your journey. Yeah. So I followed for a long time for, so F O H R. Um, and they, and, and James, which is their CEO, he also has a podcast and he always keeps up on the trends and in influencer marketing and has weekly videos, um, talking about things that are going on or trends that you might see if someone's talking about a certain influencer or a change in an algorithm or anything like that, he's answering those questions live. So I always found that to be incredibly helpful. And then I'm a really big book person. So I found, um, the book is just called influencers and that's a really good book as well. I think it's by Brittany Hennessy, if I'm saying that right. Yeah, um, that's Brittany Hennessy. She's actually episode one of this podcast. Yeah, and- exactly. Yeah, she actually <laughs> so- just launched her own podcast. So yeah, she's a great one. Yeah, I love her book as well. And I followed her on social for a while. So just making sure that you're really in that space. And I didn't start out in influencer marketing. I started out in social, but making sure that you're looking at the things around you, even the people you follow on Instagram, if you follow other influencers, you can see their brand deals and 
you can see a little bit about how those might work on the outwardly facing side and see how they tag the brand or the way that they're talking about a product and just focusing on those little things helps a lot to kind of understand how an influencer works with a brand as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk about a lot on this podcast, how everybody also just learns in different ways. So I I think it's, it's super valuable to just like meet people where they are. So I love hearing, you know, like for me, I'm, I'm an, I've learned about myself just in the past few years. Like I take in content through audio. Like I, I love podcasts, but I, that's why I think I've also fallen in love with clubhouse, things like that. There are so many people out there who, you know, just love reading, whether it's books or just digital, you know, content. Um, some people are more visual. So I appreciate you sharing a few other resources with us. I know there's a lot of people listening who appreciate that too. (laughs) Um, and so, with that being said, I, we've been doing this fun thing on the show lately where we ask our guests some, just like get to know you questions and it's, <laughs> it. it's, it's cool. And and I do too. And I'm excited to ask you these questions because, you know, it's great to learn about what you've learned in influencer marketing and keeping it very official, but it's also great to know the person behind all of those ideas. So, um, the best way to do this is that don't think too much about it. I'm going to have some (laughs) rapid fire questions for you. And are you ready? I'm ready. I think. (laughs) Oh, you'll be ready. You're ready. Just, yeah. Don't think too much about it. (laughs) All right. I'm ready. All right. Perfect. What is your favorite social media app? Um, I used to say Instagram, but now I'm leaning more towards clubhouse because it's really fun. It's like live podcast, which I think is awesome. Yes. What is your biggest motivation? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, for me, I think it's really time. And so it's kind of a weird answer, but I like to have a lot of time um, to myself, to travel, things like that. So I work really hard and in the influencer space so that I will have kind of that time. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's such a good answer. Um, if money were no object, what would you do all day? (laughs) Um, my life wouldn't look too much different because of being able to work from home travel a lot, but also still in the influencer space, um, still doing, doing kind of what I'm doing now, just traveling to a lot of different remote locations. I love it. So this is a fun question. When you were a kid influencer marketing, I don't know if it existed. I doubt it. So when, (laughs) so when you were a kid, what did you want to be? This is a great question. I actually just found a little art project I did in elementary school And I wanted to be in the fashion industry and working with celebrities who walked. And I made this up like in elementary school at the time. I didn't know that it was basically public relations or marketing or influencers, but I wanted to work in the fashion industry. (laughs) I love that. And so this is a great follow-up question. The last question of this is, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, definitely an extrovert for sure. Oh, that's so good to hear. Okay. Very interesting. I definitely feel like we got to know you a little bit better. That's (laughs) awesome. So 
Talk to us a little bit about Clubhouse. You mentioned that you are really into Clubhouse and it's been such a hot topic, both on this podcast and well beyond this podcast. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, maybe in relations to influencer marketing and branding. Yeah, I am so excited about Clubhouse and specifically the events that I've joined so far not only is it just already a really cool community and I have thought for a while now that influencer marketing, in my opinion, is moving more community-based and more ambassador programs where influencers stay with brands for long-term and they also communicate one-on-one with all of their followers and just really building a true network of people. Um, and I feel like clubhouse does that so that you can talk to people one-on-one, you can have them ask questions and it really is a sense of community. Um, I joined the women in influencer marketing clubhouse a couple weeks ago and the amount of people who followed me on Instagram afterwards and were still DMing back and forth about working in the industry was just so awesome to see. And that's really what I like about Clubhouse. And I could see brands using it to connect with customers even more. But the way that I've always built my influencer program or any collaboration that I've always done is to make sure that not only is the brand protected, but also the influencer and that it's a true mutually beneficial collaboration. And I think brands could do a great job of reaching out to influencers, maybe even via Clubhouse and starting this long-term relationship. We always call our influencers and talk to them one-on-one. So it could be really cool to get a group of influencers who might be a brand ambassador to be able to talk and ask questions to the brand one-on-one. Clubhouse, you know, just kind of kicking off, but I have a lot of ideas for it and I could definitely see where it would take off even more in the future. Yeah, that's so interesting. And it's just so new. I was listening on this past Sunday. Um, I always try to check out, check out their town halls with the co-founders and they like drop really interesting things. And, you know, everyone nowadays is asking, like, they're like, oh, well, Clubhouse is definitely a thing. It felt like TikTok in the <laughs> beginning a little bit, you know? Um, and people are just asking like, how can brands get on there? Um, And they said a few really interesting things just this past week. They're saying that um, they are way more interested in having the creators monetize their content um, than, you know, selling anybody's content or selling anybody's information. Um, Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, they were saying, you know, they don't want to see brands get on a clubhouse in terms of individual accounts. Like they're more because they're, they, in their ideal world, which like, it's so new, you know, we just have to see how that sort of organically evolves. But as of now in their eyes, the way that it would, or the way that it would happen is that a brand could come on, but as a club versus an individual account. Um, so like with that being said, have you, seen instances on clubhouse in your, in your experience there where, you know, either it's been a branded conversation or it seems like there's some sort of opportunity where a brand could have been involved. Like I'd love to just be a fly on the wall to some of your experiences (laughs) on there. Yeah. I haven't seen it directly, but I think a lot of the bigger influencers 
I would consider them kind of like a brand. A lot of them have, you know, their own products. They, their, their channels are almost as if they're their own smaller personal brands. And I've seen them utilize it to kind of communicate more one-on-one with their following. And I think to Clubhouse's town hall's point, um, if a brand jumped on, maybe it wasn't necessarily the brand, but being more open as you know, an internal brand to say, maybe my VP of marketing is going to come on, or maybe my manager of influencer marketing is going to come on and they're going to hold a, a meeting just to talk about influencer marketing. I would say we were having four to five influencers a day reaching out, um, if not more, depending on the time of year. And so being able to have that one-on-one communication with our influencers could be really cool. So maybe it is an individual person from a brand who gets to jump on and kind of be an expert, just like a panel. If you've ever gone to you know, a larger panel where marketing experts are speaking on that panel, I could see brands using Clubhouse in that way to just foster a better connection. Yeah, I could totally see that. I think that it's like, that's sort of where a lot of this is going from a branding perspective. It's like, you know, a few years ago, like there was this converse, this is years ago to be clear, like this conversation, (laughs) the conversation was about, you know, does anyone like who really follows the brand's Instagram account or the brand's YouTube? Like, sure. There are instances where it makes sense in certain types of brands where I, I could see that, but it's much more rare, but like how much more engaged are you with a brand if their CEO is somebody who you could relate to, or, you know, they're someone in their leadership is somebody that you personally have some sort of connection with an attachment with. Um, and I, 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 it's really interesting to see that like clubhouse is really sort of going in that direction. And I think that people are so used to thinking about it very differently that it'll be really interesting to see um, people lean into this newer idea about just like individual connections, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I really think, you know, the way things are moving is about connection, whether it's on the brand side or the influencer side, but just having that moment where you were able to truly connect with the people behind the brand and on the influencer side, being able as a brand to connect with them and have that mutually beneficial collaboration, I just think is so important. It is. It really, truly is. I just feel like it moves the needle a lot more. So it's cool to see. It just it's cool to see a platform that's sort of really embracing that. Um, yeah. So that's really, yeah, that's really, really interesting. Um, I'd love to hear just generally speaking, like what do you think yields a successful branded partnership? We, we could discuss that on any <laughs> platform you like, but like, how would you articulate what that would look like uh, since you've been on the brand side before? Yeah, um, I think this is a perfect transition talking about Clubhouse into this question because I truly believe a great collaboration, especially I'm sure there's a lot of brand managers um, who listen to this podcast, but um, for us, it was always about communication. We fostered some of the best relationships with some of the biggest influencers in the industry because of the way that we communicated with them one-on-one, in-house. If we had to get on a phone call with them, 
we talk to them the whole way through and communication is so key, not only about all of the deliverables, but also, you know, what's going on in their life. If they have something come up and they can't meet a deadline, um, you know, maybe there was something really important that happened in their life, making sure you're kind of keeping up with them and that they know that it's okay. And I think fostering great relationships with amazing communications is key. And of course, going into all of the ways that you can run an influencer campaign, whether that's with paid media or email or sweepstakes or anything like that, of course, all of that comes with it. But having that communication with the influencer, they're more likely to give you more content that was than was even asked for, better content. Their photography will be even more amazing. And so my, you know, my always, my advice is communication and just being there as that person, um, not just the brand, because there's a team of people, there's faces behind everything that a brand is doing. Um, So I just think that that, that communication is key. It is totally agree with you. Here's my real question. How (laughs) do you do that at scale? I, I think that we, we could, most people could agree on that. And that if you've explored, um, you know, just getting real with the people that you're working with. And, you know, if someone's like a day late for a deadline, just saying like, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, I don't know, just connecting with them on a human level, be like, things happen and they've yielded positive results from that or, (laughs) you know, or, you know, there's so many other scenarios, of course, but it's great to be able to do that. But it, 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 it's difficult to do when you have hundreds, if not yeah. maybe even thousands of influencers that you're working with. And there's so many moving parts and so many variables. So are there any hacks or tips or tricks <laughs> that you could share with everyone listening about like how to address that side of things as well? Yeah. And we definitely, you know, we scaled our program and we were also working with a lot of influencers as well. Um, and it's really about like an ambassador program almost. So you have key influencers who become your advocates and people who are talking about you all the time because of the way that you were able to communicate with them more in a one-on-one way. And if you are sending out a mass email, I think that is okay. You can send out kind of like an email that's more directed towards that person because it does take a lot of time, but that time definitely yields. The gifts are all yours at JCPenney's Happy Birthday Sale. Celebrate with 30% off select Levi's for the fam. Plus, save up to 50% during our biggest home sale of the season. Oh, and this Saturday only, the first 120 customers in-store get a coupon for $10 off a $10 purchase. Shopping is back. JCPenney. Levi's offer ends 417. Additional offers and coupons do not apply. Home offer ends 49. Coupon giveaway in-store only. Exclusions apply. Valid 49. Must be 18 or older. See store or jcp.com for details results. So the more time you can spend making the influencer feel really special and that your email was directly to, to them, it has a more, um, you know, more direct relationship. Then you have these results that the, the content performs even better. You know, you get more content out of it. So there's definitely things you could do where your time still yields results. 
Totally. I, I, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit by asking you this question because (laughs) I hope it's okay. Because I just, I know that so many women are and men, you know, working in this industry are just struggling with this. Um, and they're like, yeah, I mean, obviously that sounds like the ideal, but like, (laughs) how do I make this a reality? Um, and so, you know, I would, I would just chime in and add to that because I think you gave really great actionable tips. Like there is a Chrome extension that I recently started testing out called chat silo. Um, that's one that's been really interesting to explore. And again, I'm in the like pretty early phases of exploring it, but essentially what it is, is it's like a CRM for your DMS. Those a lot of letters and acronyms, but it's a <laughs> customer relationship management service, basically CRM, um, for your direct messages, obviously. Um, so essentially what you could do is you can tag all of your messages, like potential customer or, you know, potential influencer to work for my brand or like like whatever the categories would be that are applicable to you. Um, and you can add notes to everybody and stuff like that. I will say that like, you know, Facebook, uh, business messenger, um, definitely has some of these features already. Um, but chat silo is another tool that had a little bit more features than were already built into the platform. So I don't know, I'm currently checking that out. And I just kind of wanted to share, uh, with anyone listening. I, I, and I, I love to hear from you, you know, are there any like apps or tools or just like business tools that you've used over the years that you're like, Oh, this has really been a game changer for my business. Yeah. For me right now. And you know, my business working in influencer marketing, kind of what I'm doing is ClickUp. Um, they kind of pride themselves on the app of all apps. Um, and it, I'm, I love, you know, if I can have everything in one spot instead of opening Excel or Google Docs and then moving to a chat messenger, everything like that, I love it all in one spot. And I, ClickUp is what I've been using to kind of do that right now and get everything all together. So you can link in clients, you can organize Excels, to-do list. Um, you can link any of your Google docs, your Google drive. You can also chat right from ClickUp as well. So it's just everything in one spot, which I love. So that's so interesting to hear. I have not used it myself, but I continue to hear more about ClickUp. Do you remember how you heard of them in the first place? I'm always curious, like attribution where, where things come from. I actually heard about them from an influencer. Um, They were using it to keep track of their campaigns because you can also make content calendars in there as well. So a lot of social media managers will have their content calendars all laid out in ClickUp. It really does cover almost every app out there. You can add it into your ClickUp. Um, And I know a lot more influencers who are using it to kind of manage their campaigns and keep up with brand deals and negotiations. Um, And so that's kind of what I'm using it for to help my clients out. And you can have different folders. So every folder can, my one client can just have access to that folder. And then I can have a folder for each client. So we communicate only through ClickUp. 
That is so useful. I'm going to go check that out and um, report back as well. (laughs) But I, your endorsement's huge. So I'm glad to hear that it's been so helpful for you. And then speaking of, you know, the influencers that you're working with, like, how do you identify the best influencers for you and, and the projects that you're working on? Yeah. So I, we've talked about this a lot, but I really love authentic influencers who are really excited about what they're working on. Um, And so I have clients in the home decor space who are renovating this like seventies time capsule home right now. Um, And she is so passionate about the renovation of her home. And I love influencers who are very passionate about, you know, their niche. So whether that's fashion or home decor, whatever it may be, are just really excited about it. And I think that comes through on your channel and again, yields results of more engagement, um, more followers because they're just authentic. They're talking about themselves. They're sharing, you know, parts of their life that people can really relate to. And for me, that's how I find my influencers um, for brand collaborations. But again, on the the time and scale side, um, I think it's really important to find influencers whose content is beautiful. So a lot of the times the following and the engagement rates, which of course are very important, um, become most into play. But for me, it was always about content, depending on the campaign. um, If we could have amazing engagement that and content that was beautiful, that's where it was most important to me. And when I saw influencers pitching to me to work together on a campaign, um, if they had a smaller following, but beautiful, beautiful content, then we would still consider them because the following doesn't always matter. Um, it's always, it's just about what you're talking about on your channel and, and the content that you're producing. And so I'd love to hear how certain things weigh for way to you, meaning, you know, if they have incredible content, but not a great following, but their engagement is high, but their, you know, click throughs are this, you know, <laughs> like I, I would assume like, it depends on the KPIs probably for the campaign. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So I've talked to a lot of influencers, especially in the micro macro side, and they're always like, I can't reach out to brands because, you know, I I don't have enough following. Um, But on the brand side, and it, it might be true for some brands, or maybe it was just, you know, some of the companies that I've worked with, but it was really about, and depending on the campaign and the KPIs, um, you know, content. And if we saw, you know, an amazing following, that's awesome. But if the content wasn't really there or aligned with the campaign, then it would kind of just change our mind on, you know, what we were going to do. And that depends on the campaign as well. So if the campaign is for reach or, you know, brand awareness or something like that, then that's different. But if the campaign is for, you know, more photography or more videography that we can use in our marketing, then, you know, we could work on a collaboration that was just for content. Um, so it truly depends on the, the campaign, the KPIs, the goals. But um, I worked with a lot of influencers just for beautiful photography. 
So that's good to know. So anyone who's listening and is an influencer and has beautiful photography, you have a chance. You have a chance. <laughs> if you reach out to Megan, you definitely have a chance of working together. Um, so I'm sure people would appreciate knowing that. I mean, everybody values different things, but again, like everybody has different KPIs. Like yeah. I could totally understand a brand is just like, no, I mean, I really want to align myself with like incredible content creators because the content itself will just speak for itself. So yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, I think as, yeah, sorry to interrupt. And I think as brand managers too, it's really important to really think outside the box and tar- start pitching the importance of content because for a brand who needs content for their social, I've always found that user generated content or influencer generated content was always the best performing. So what is content kind of worth to the brand that you work for? That's a really good question. And I hope that everyone listening is sort of thinking that to themselves as they're listening to this. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about what influencers or their managers can be doing better to be working with brands. Like how can all of us could be doing better? I think I'll (laughs) preface it with saying that, right. But of course you're living in your perspective. So, um, having worked with so many influencers, a lot of managers, I'm sure, what can they all be doing better? Yeah, I truly believe everyone could be better at Um, remembering that there's people behind all the work that we're doing. So whether you're a manager or an influencer, I think there's always kind of this tension that um, the brand might be trying to take advantage of the influencer or the influencer might be asking too much of the brand versus the worth of their channel. Um, And there's always kind of this friction there, kind of debate. But remembering that everyone going into it should be trying to get a mutually beneficial collaboration for both parts on the brand side, protecting the brand and the marketing goals and making sure that you're still hitting your KPIs, but remembering that the influencer, that this truly is their job and what they're doing is important. And it's not just taking pretty pictures, but really a lot of work to create beautiful content for a brand that's authentic to their followers. Um, And then on the influencer side, just remembering that, you know, it is a brand who has their own marketing goals and VPs of marketing and CEOs to report to and share back um, what they're doing. And so just remembering that it has to be mutually beneficial for both sides and that there are people just doing their best job and doing their best to work towards um, their own goals. And I think that's the most important thing to remember and that everyone can remember it um, on the brand side and the influencer side. That's really good advice. I hope everyone listening heard that (laughs) and starts (laughs) to implement it tomorrow. It's really, really solid advice. Um, I'd also love to hear about what marketing trends have really stood out to you lately. Like, what are you seeing and what's, what looks pretty successful and exciting to you? Hmm. That is a great question. Um, right now I am loving kind of influencers who, are working with brands 
kind of for more than just posting in feed, but somehow tying it back into almost all of their social channels. So from Instagram stories to in feeds to TikToks. And a lot of people have been doing the full campaign for a while on multiple touch points. But when I follow like one of my favorite influencers and I see that brand content across all of their kind of channels and what they're working on, I love that aspect of it because I I believe that um, kind of what they're talking about, they really liked because they posted it so many different places um, and they put a lot of effort into all of that content. So I think as brand managers, um, depending on budgets and KPIs, trying to do the best that you can to have multiple touch points and not just collaborating with an influencer just to do like one in feed Instagram post or one Instagram story, but trying to do your best to get a full campaign um, and posting in as many places as you can. Yeah. A hundred thousand percent. We actually are in the process of like figuring out one of our upcoming clubhouse conversations to basically be about just that. So um, just the effectiveness of, you know, ambassadorships versus one-off posts and, um, I don't know you and I, before we started recording talk, we're talking a little bit about Gary V. And so, yeah. you know, the idea <laughs> of like having one long form of content and just maybe chopping it up and like giving it legs and, um, just yeah. being efficient with our, with our content. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's different ways to approach all of this, but I, I, I'm excited to hear that you've witnessed that to be fairly successful as well. Cause, um, I, I hope that's where things are headed more and more, um, especially in 2021 and beyond. So, um, that's pretty exciting. And then like beyond influencer marketing, which we've heard so much about, <laughs> what do you, Megan, like to do for fun? Yeah. So I love photography. Um, I took a few photography classes in college and then, um, I've just been around photography kind of my whole life. So, love taking photos, love going um, out on hikes and taking photography, which I think is why I love social and specifically Instagram so much is just the way that, you know, photography is moving and influencers and their content and the way that they make it look so different, especially if you follow like a Tezza or a Kylie um, Katish, their content and their photography is just next level. So outside of influencer marketing, just always keeping up with photography trends. That's so cool. And like, where did that come from? That love of photography? Yeah. So my mom was actually a professional photographer. She has had a camera ever since she was little. And so I actually inherited some of my mom's, um, cameras, like really old ones that she had when I was my age or when she was my age. Um, and then I have my new photography, but always growing up, we were like camera ready, always ready to smile at the camera because my mom either had a video camera or regular camera in our face at all times, which is awesome. Cause now we have a lot of photography we can look back on, but my love of photography definitely came from my mom. That's so cool. And so how does your mom feel that you've gotten into influencer marketing? Like, does she understand it? Does she get it as a photographer? Like what are her thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think she loves it and kind of the the content and the way that we're posting and stuff like that. Um, she was definitely interested in it and, and definitely understood it. 
That's so cool. Um, I think it's incredible to have such a positive female influence in your life and, um, to be able to infuse that into what you're doing for a career. Um, I mean, how incredible is that? I was watching, uh, some, I don't even remember some Netflix documentary last night. And he was like, my mom always tell me like, (laughs) find what you love to do and then learn how to make a living out of it. So, Um, I mean, isn't that the ideal? It's definitely, definitely the ideal. Um, definitely for sure. So we ask this of everybody who comes on. I'm really excited to ask you, what do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or a personal advantage today? Great question. Um, for me and the industry that I'm in, it would have definitely been to start your social media accounts when social first came out. Um, I've seen so many influencers and bloggers who started when Instagram first launched. Um, so I wish I would have known to do that. Um, but then on more of the career side to get involved in everything that you can, even if it's not directly the role of influencer manager, influencer intern, for example. But I had a lot of my background in college where I was managing events and all of the huge events that came to campus, whether it was concerts or comedians, I was managing the talent. So from their writers to bringing them on campus to pick arranging their pick up locations. I was doing that when I was in college. And at the time, I just thought that was a really cool thing to do. But now looking back, understanding the relationship between like a celebrity and um, a a talent manager was so awesome to have. So going back, just getting involved as much as you can, whether that's, you know, on your college campus or, you know, volunteering for something, volunteering for a brand, for a philanthropic campaign, anything that you can to just get the most knowledge about a certain industry. 100%. So just like immerse yourself as early as possible. It's so hard to like see those connections, you know, know. like that's one of those, (laughs) these are one of these questions. Like, what do you wish you told your younger self? It's like, well, I was my younger self. So like, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to learn this until now, yeah. <laughs> but you know, hopefully younger women listening will be able to implement all these words of wisdom that people like yourself are passing on and like really taking it to heart to really just do it, like f- throw yourself into all these experiences because it's yeah. incredibly useful and beneficial. And like, imagine how far ahead they'll be from where we were. (laughs) Right. So agree. And just to add to that too, like knowing a hundred percent, knowing your worth as well. So when you immerse yourself so fully in something and you don't necessarily recognize it as something that ties back, just making sure, you know, your worth going into careers or your roles, don't be afraid to negotiate on your behalf. I remember not doing that when I first started out my first big career move. I didn't negotiate. I just was like so excited to have the role. Um, And looking back, I definitely should have negotiated, should have known going in kind of what my worth was. So I think that's really popular right now to kind of talk about, but I truly believe knowing your worth when you go into a new role. Yeah. Especially as women. 
100, 100%, 1 million percent. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And just like surrounding yourself by women who can help you figure that out. If you're, if you're, you know, having confidence issues or, you know, just try, I mean, look, like we're all young at some point and I, I don't know anybody who, you know, immediately knew their full worth mm-hmm. at an early stage. Like some of us certainly were more confident than others and, you know, time builds up that confidence, but I, I don't know, man, like if you just surround yourself with your biggest cheerleaders, um, they're gonna, they're, you'll do for them what they do for you. And, um, <laughs> it's all about like boosting each other up to be able to nail that interview or, or nail that opportunity, whatever it looks like. But, um, fake it till you make it sometimes too, right? (laughs) Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So look, it's been such a pleasure having you on today. Really enjoyed our convo. Like I, if, if women listening want to reach out and connect with you, learn more about you, just, uh, maybe work with you in some capacity, what's the best way for them to connect? Yeah, I would love if everyone wanted to connect on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is document your truth. Um, and so it's pretty easy to find, but I'd love to connect with anyone. Again, if there's um, younger people listening or anyone who's really trying to break into the influencer industry, I'm happy to discuss more, answer any questions, or again, just be your cheerleader. So don't hesitate to reach out and you can find me on Instagram at document your truth. Amazing. And yes, a very memorable handle for sure. Um, thank you so, so much for being on today, Megan. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review, a rating. But the most important thing that we could ask you to do is to share this podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.